Welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Anthony Mako. And I'm Brandon Sharp. Brandon and I wanted to be able to shift directions a bit, so we both watched a brand new show this week. On this episode of Good Show, we are talking about Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs is quite a new show, having just aired for the first time in August of 2021. It was created by Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. It airs on FX on Hulu, and the entire first season is available there now, with season two currently in the works. Reservation Dogs follows a fictional group of four friends who all live on a Native American reservation in Oklahoma. And the title of the show is a play on the fact that they commit various crimes and hijinks, earning themselves their own playful gang name. Notably, the show features an all-Indigenous group of writers and directors. So let's get into Reservation Dogs. The first thing I would like to ask is, Brandon, this show was all you. We were sort of trying to come up with a show. And you threw this out, it immediately resonated with me because I'd heard buzz on it. But I wanted to ask you why it popped in your head or what, how did it grab you as you first watched it? It's funny. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit, but I was looking for a new sitcom to watch something Mm -hmm. funny. So I was doing some Google searches, looking for something funny to watch. And this was on two or three of the lists as one of the funniest shows to be watching right now. And, you know, we may get into a little bit of the specifics in a bit, but that it's a little deceiving. But it's also not untrue. It's not untrue. But I will say when I sat down, I got. Yeah, sure. I I bit off more than I could chew. You know, it was was absolutely not what I thought I was getting myself into, but I was pleasantly surprised. So. Well, so here's the thing. When I when I turned it on, I mean, within first, certainly within the first episode, but I'm not, very quickly I was hooked and I had texted you to, to kind of check in. Yeah. And I know I know you weren't quite it didn't take you very long. No, but you weren't quite on board I mean, right. as fast as I was. Sure. So why was that? Could have been my surroundings at the time could have been a number of things. But I think you're right. It it did not take me long to really get hooked on the show, really fall in love with the show. I think that's one thing that you're going to find the characters are instantly likable. I mean, that's one thing no, no that doubt. No was doubt. Yeah. never in question. The characters are likable. They're fun. The humor is understated and it's fresh. I have not laughed this hard at a show <laughs> in a while. I was crying, laughing. And it's one of those, you say what they just said over and over and you repeating it out loud makes you laugh. Mm. But as you say, it's, it's not, it's not just a chuckle fest. (laughs) No. Uh, Lastly, there's also an unvarnished quality about this show that feels refreshing. Yeah. Those things really helped draw me in. I'd say by the beginning of the second episode, I was committed. It had hooked me by then. Yeah, for sure. You said the words, and it wasn't necessarily disparaging, but you said the words, it's a coming of age story. Yeah. And and you're not sure how you feel about coming of age stories. So when I, I bring that up yes. because I'm usually pretty sure how I feel about coming of right. age stories, and I like them a little bit better. Not better than you necessarily, but I, I don't mind a coming of age story, and I'm sort of a sucker for a coming of age story. But I'm curious because in a, in, I think a past episode at this point, but in a past episode, you recommended to me stranger things, which I think is similar. Um, and I can't speak to this, but is, does it 
line up at all? Or is that sort of the same idea? There are similarities, but let me say you've jogged my memory a little bit. The reason why I had such a problem at the beginning was because of my expectations going in. I was, I thought I was getting into a, a a laugh, ha ha sitcom, but I, yes, I will say the kind of friend group is the, the direct line I would draw to a show like Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Yes, and, yes, and yes, yes, yes. These shows require like a commitment, at least for me. Like I need to be invested in the show in order to continue watching. I, I they require a little more brain power, a little more emotional commitment. And I think that's why I was a little lukewarm initially. I wanted I wanted to turn the brain off. I wanted to laugh. Again, I was pleasantly surprised. Let's not let that fade to the back burner. But I think just my expectations were were an issue in the beginning. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get into the preferences a little bit more next in a a little bit later in the show to sort of hit some of the details a little harder. Um, I believe... As far as as far as I looked up, Sterling Harjo is is one of the co-creators. Like I said, he was relatively unknown, but he was a feature film director. I think he's got three feature films that have great acclaim. Okay, but he's fresh on the scene. But you may know Taika Waititi yep. from things like he was he did Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. um, and he was Korg in the Avengers, or he he is Korg in the Avengers, and and he directed Thor, which one Ragnarok, yes, Thor Thor Ragnarok. Um, and so, but it's funny because Brandon and I stumbled upon this guy, how many years ago? Ten, like at least 10 at years least, ago. I think more than that. Yeah. yeah. Cause he did a film called boy, which we both sort of loved and probably cause we're suckers for New Zealand accent, but well, um, we were at a conference with Hillsong United. Yeah. 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 Okay. The one that's uh, ringing a bell. Yeah. Yeah. The one singer is in Chicago. A, yeah. Is a new Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. He's from New Zealand. Yeah. He said something. He tweet, oh, he yeah. He, he brought he, it yeah. up. He brought Taika Watiti up. Yeah. Check out his movie. Every bit of ten of ten years ago, if not more. More. So yeah, yeah. so we. That's right. This is going to make me feel a little shady, especially since Taika was probably <laughs> up and coming. But we were like trying to download this movie, trying to find it. We just wanted to watch oh, yeah. it. I mean, we yeah, were yeah. not trying to take money out of Taika's pockets or anything, but we just wanted to watch it. We were so intrigued by it because we had seen the trailer. We, we did find that, and yeah. we've been on first-name basis with Taika Waititi sure. for quite some time now. And, and that movie's really good, by the way, incidentally. Boy. Um, yes, called Boy. Anyway, so that's who we're dealing with here. These are the creators of the show and are somewhat involved. Sterling seems more involved on a, on a weekly basis, uh, but they're both executive producers. Uh, so let's put this through our little grid of types of shows. Yeah. And uh, this is your specialty, Brandon. So where, where are you going to put this show? Well, first of all, after listening to myself on the Yellowstone episode, I realize I use the word budget a lot. And I think what we're really talking about here is the look of the show. That's what we're talking about when we are talking about the quality, the classification. We're talking about what the show looks like when you're watching it. Soundstage sitcoms Mm -hmm. have a look to them. Premium dramas have a look to them. What does this show actually look like? Mm Mm-hmm. Budget is irrelevant. That yeah. being said, I'm going to put this in the three to four range. Mm-hmm. I think it has every bit of the feel of a network drama, but maybe not quite a premium drama. It has a premium feel to it, but it is also filmed in like an, unvar- as I said before, an unvarnished 
charming type way. And it's also, it's, it's sort of on the, on location level. Yeah. It's, it's the whole thing, by the way, is filmed in Oklahoma, which is where it's supposed to be set, but also it's relatively, it's, it's uh what's that called? A bottle episode when like everything's in the same spot, like everything in the show happens in roughly the same spot. There's also some, some choppy cuts and like some hard breaks mm-hmm. to, to like to the end of scenes and stuff that has like a, gives it almost like a sitcom feel in some places. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about this. It, doesn't feel like it's really hard to actually it's hard to do this because it doesn't really feel like a show that we're used to so yeah you know i would say in the three to four range but yeah it's this one's really up for interpretation sure for sure and it is so that sort of brings me to my next question which is i think there is this new developing category of let me ask this this way so i would i would you'll i'll tell you why in a little bit but i would sort of compare this show personally to ted lasso Mm -hmm. and there's other shows like this out now which are sort of dramedy type shows and the reason i say that which uh is like the my best example i think for this show in particular is i literally will be i'm gonna get vulnerable with you all i literally will be crying watching the show yeah and within seconds start laughing really really hard and that's something i found similar in ted lasso and then this also but it's it but i was sort of trying to categorize this and i was thinking is dramedy to tv a new deal because I, I was trying to think back to old dramedies, something like this, and I, I couldn't think of very many examples of. So I have a somewhat of a comparison. It's not a good one because I don't feel like there are many comparisons here. Yeah. yeah. But a show like, sorry, haters, but a show like The West Wing, which <laughs> which has very serious moments and okay. like. The show falls back like it kind of like when it's sitting back in its seat, it's a serious show, but the humor can be punched up to 10 and you can be on the floor laughing at any moment because of the writing. The writing is top notch. There is a way to thread that needle that Aaron Sorkin did. He would interweave the serious with the humor. That's something this show does for no other reasons. I think a good comparison would be something like the West Wing, and that is a a true dramedy to me. Yeah. So the funny thing is, you know, I love West Wing. Yeah. But but I don't even feel like it does the same thing. It's a little more steady well, to me. And this one is more sends me on a, a more of a roller coaster. I think the range is wider here. It's a bigger range of yeah, yeah. Okay, emotional yeah. notes. And that's the thing. I feel like that's Taika Waititi's specialty. It, yeah. it, like it's present in everything he ever does. And it's that he has these observations about life that are very primal and also, well, boyish sort of <laughs> like, um, yeah, he, he brings a lot of stuff back to chat. Tra- well, I mean like all of his movies or mm-hmm. whatever deal with that sort of idea. What is it like to be a child and view the world in, in terms of a child? But then like, uh, it's, it doesn't minimize the seriousness of the drama aspect as a child. There's some very deep things going on, but then it's playful at the same thing. But man, his comedy is, I feel like elite. It's, it's elite for sure, but also just a whole different thing. I mean, I couldn't, the jokes, I, I just keep thinking like who else would have, and it's not just him. I mean, because he's not even writing some of these episodes, but yeah. it's this community of people. How are they pulling these, these jokes out? Like, it, it's just like, that's what makes it so funny. It's not standard fare. It's not the same old thing you've seen. Yeah. And it's, it gives it a much more believable feel. Like it, it's like funny moments. It's funny things. Yeah. It's, it, it's a way to incorporate humor into the lifestyle of this show. 
and it it, it makes it feel much more understated and uh, like I said before, refreshing. Yeah, I also think that this sort of seems to be a new new idea in TV as well. But in this season of TV, I feel like there were funny leaning episodes and there were drama leaning episodes. Yeah, there were there were jokes in every single one. Yep. But I remember episode three was the one where I was I couldn't breathe. Like, yeah, I was I was laughing so hard. So, Brandon, you mentioned the characters in the show, and and several of them definitely stand out. Anybody stand out to you as a as a great, not just character, but doing a great job acting as well? One of the places my mind went initially was there is a cameo by Bill Burr in, mm. in one of the episodes, and he knocks it out of the park. He makes this. Oh yeah, he makes this yeah. episode explosive. Like it's it's such a good episode. Yeah. And Bill Burr is a, is a huge part of it. He's a very small part of the overall show, though. Yeah. So um, as far as some of the main cast, I mean, <laughs> it would be very hard for me to single out one of the main cast, one of the four kids. I think they're, they're, so, they're all they're all incredible. They're all so good. They're yeah. all so good in their own way. I mean, you yes, could, and they're completely different. Yeah. There's a there's a character named Cheese. He's definitely he yeah. stands back. He has less lines. I guess would be the the reason why. But he seems like a character who just kind of stands in the back. And but he's got some of the best funniest yeah. moments. Like he was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, the kids are great. I'm also a really big fan of Gary Farmer, who plays Uncle Brownie. I think yeah. you see yeah, yeah, him yeah. like episode two real early like episode two episode three he's and he steals the show in every scene that he's in so i mean conventional wisdom would not say that this show is packed with acting but it is packed with acting yeah you may not recognize many of the names if any of the names on the cast list but everyone's bringing their a game it's just crazy these characters feel like they've been working together for years. They just, there's just a cohesiveness, uh, familiarity that the main cast has. Yeah. It gives it like a ET or a stranger things or a yeah, super yeah. eight type feel. What more can I say? There's something about situations where kids have to grow up too fast and how they deal mm. with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of the coming of age story is my favorite thing, which I imagine some of the, the shows that you've mentioned I imagine that's some of what happens, uh, and in this show, that's I think definitely what happens. These kids are forced to grow up too fast for for multiple reasons. Um, from an acting perspective, there are several like cameos or people who are regular actors who have played native actors in other shows, long running shows. Yes, I think it's very cool to see them coming together like in their own vi environment and as a part of a larger cast where they were sort of the token person on a different show. Mm -hmm. Did you ever, well, sorry, I'm not supposed to bring up other shows, I guess, right now, but did you ever watch Longmire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the the actor from that, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he's in this, and but he's the, he's the token native in Longmire, yeah. and he's in this show, and I think there's three or four token native people who are in this show. Mm -hmm. It's I, I, very fun for me to watch them all play together. It just yeah. feels like they are comfortable. This is their show, and everyone really shines and they're really generous with each other. I don't feel like anyone's mm -hmm. trying to outshine anyone else. It's, it's just a really quality piece. Do you feel like anybody's not doing well? I mean, 
I feel like if there was anyone, it would just be like a situation where maybe someone didn't have enough to do or like they're just they were just there sure. like as an extra. Like I feel like everyone plays their part really well. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting because I mean, so we could get into the story a little bit, I think, at least. So it's it's set on this native reservation and the situation there is often that a lot of people within the community don't have outside jobs. So I think the mood of the show is very interesting. It's following people who aren't very busy in life. And so because of that, they're all playing these characters really well. But to some extent, it's like sometimes the characters just kind of sitting around the whole episode. <laughs> so, uh, But they do a phenomenal job of yeah. that. There's another thing going on in the show, I think, that is it represents a new thing as well. Which is I I always by the way you can we can do this live and you can help me with the difference between episodic and serial because I get them mixed up, but episodic is doesn't matter it like the story doesn't progress on a regular basis is that correct? Yeah, it's my understanding that an episodic would be like an NCIS or a Law and Order yeah, like okay, every okay. each episode is contained you know yeah. it, it there's not like a whole lot of overarching story right. whereas like an Ozark would be a serial. Right. If you didn't see the last one, you're not going to have any idea what's going on. Sure. That yeah. sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. So what I think is funny about this show and there's other shows like this is there is a way that the story progresses within like over the course of the season. Right. Um, and if you'd probably miss some details, but there are, you can pull out these episodes, especially with this show mm -hmm. and say like, you know, it's somewhat episodic. It's somewhat yeah. like you could watch it on its own. It's, it's own. And this particular show will give one of the characters a lot to do in an episode and it, what you won't even see the other ones for that episode but they'll kind of hop back and forth it's really interesting to get the perspective and sort of fall in love with people over each episode it's a pretty cool idea i don't know and i can't think of many other shows doing it this way you know who else did it that way a little bit the west wing <laughs> But, but the funny thing is, I mean, there's you, really, you could, you sure. could spend all day drawing parallels here and the shows are nothing alike, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorkin would often write plays. He called them plays. Yeah, 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 right, Hartsfield's right. Landing, the one that HBO yeah. redid. That was a, a great standalone episode. You wouldn't really need to have too much other information. It's self-contained. That's a really good point. I mean, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else we want to say about the writing? We sort of touched on it really fast. It's only because it's so good that like, what else are you going to say besides it's incredible? You're right. We have, we have talked about it a lot. I think it is, it's just truly special. The writing is the real tour de force with this show. Yeah. Yes. Acting's great. Kids are great. The story's fantastic, but the writing is top notch. And you're, and you're, you're actually right to draw a difference between story and dialogue. Mm -hmm. I, I think both are incredible, which is not easy to do, but there certainly is a difference. And I, I think the story is written well, progresses well, but also the dialogue, each, each little line is amazing within itself too. And as far as like, I've never heard of any of these kids. I don't know if they've acted before. No doubt. Yeah. But man alive, can they deliver some dialogue? Yeah. Goodness gracious. It's elite. You know what's funny? It just popped into my head when we're talking about writing, um, and I don't know when we're releasing this episode, so I, I don't know if this comparison will make a ton of sense, but we've done, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but we've done an episode on Cobra Kai, and one of the things we talked about in the Cobra Kai episode was like, how are these kids doing acting? And when you <laughs> hold it up against this, like we were like, it's fine, and now I'm like, they're horrendous can you imagine if <laughs> can you imagine if the reservation dog cast yeah was in cobra kai how sure. great that show would be maybe or uh, it would make them seem really bad it would be great that would be a fantastic show i would sure, watch that yeah, show yeah. i'd watch it too i watch both shows anyway so i probably would watch it as well 
I think yeah, my I, mean, I think my point is the show would become really well acted. I just oh that no that's true that's true yeah I mean they are they're killing it with their acting so yeah um but it'd be a having, you're right it'd be a terrible show I wouldn't watch it <laughs> I don't know if it would yeah I wouldn't watch it I'd watch this show let's just watch Reservation Talks again. <laughs> Okay, Brandon, let me ask you just this open-ended question. So we've talked about how special this show is. Can you put into words why you find it so special? I think the, the main thing for me is just how unique it is. Mm. From top to bottom, a lot of care was taken mm. in the creation of the show, and it's very obvious, you know, group of kids, it's heartwarming, it's mm. funny, it is sad, it is very deep, emotional, it fires on all cylinders. Yeah. And it would be really hard for me to truly compare this to another show. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the greatest show of all time, but it is just something that I have not seen before. And I think it's truly special. Yeah. You said heartfelt, and that's the word I would use to describe it. There is so much heart in this show. And I put that on both sides of it with laughing like comedy is a big part of my heart and how yeah. you know how i care about people and so like laughing is really important and when you look at relationships but also just the drama that's going on the story behind it there's just so much heart in the whole thing you feel like you're a part of it and that's very special to me all right so brandon there's probably one thing that's worth warning people about which is this is my kind of vulgar show i've talked about it in the past but like i handle certain sort of vulgarities better than the other there's literally i no sexual content i can't remember mm. any say okay nope. but lots of language yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so it's worth noting that that's going to happen when you pop it on they drop the f-bomb a ton it made me laugh maybe 107% of the time when they would say it. Uh, so I'm not against it. It's just worth knowing going into it. Also, he, uh, something that might be a little triggering, it does deal with suicide. And yes, I yeah. think that that is absolutely worth knowing going into. This show can get very serious. Yeah, there's there's two two ways that I love I brought up the vulgarity, obviously, to warn you all. But number two, there's two ways that I just love how this show deals with it. Number one, because of the serious nature of what you just said, there's only certain ways to describe what's going on. And and they use those really well. Uh, I yeah. just feel I can literally remember lines where it was just like the breath going out of people. Mm -hmm. And like that's the like the expletive that comes out at that moment is just guttural and like it, very relatable. Number two, though, is that they have this, I, I don't even want to, I'm not going to say the phrase, but they, they have this phrase they say to each other when they yeah. leave each other yeah. and it has, a, it has a cuss word in it, but like nothing better than the way they sign off with each other each time they leave each other. And it's just like the way you can have this vulgarity with a massive amount of love behind it. That's a way larger point in the show. The way they're able to walk that fine line the whole way, mm -hmm. it's like that's what makes this show incredible yeah. is uh, their dance that they're doing here. It's also a unique way that the show reveals details to the viewer that make things hit harder, make the highs higher, make the lows oh, lower. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like you think you know something and mm -hmm. uh, you get a little more information, a little more information, and you're like, whoa. And then you, yes. you just feel it so much deeper, the way they kind of let the details trickle out. Yeah, well, you keep comparing it to West Wing, and I'll keep comparing <laughs> it to Ted Lasso, uh, in that um, 
you once you're in the show for and this is only the first season i'm so pumped for more seasons to come out but once you're in the universe of the show you can sort of hear the footsteps coming and like I, at least i was when i was watching i'd be like something is about to happen right now yeah i can feel it like and so it but it's because you they're not telegraphing it at all no it's just that you know something is about to happen which makes you a little anxious about it and then even hits harder when it happens i think they they've got you wrapped up in the show and it's worth mentioning again then you can be just full of of the emotion of that and then all of a sudden just start laughing your head off right afterwards i mean i just can't recommend this show any higher Mm -hmm. there's one more thing i'd like to talk about though yeah um I I deeply appreciated how this show de- deals with the indigenous experience. Yeah, um, yeah. As as I mentioned, it's um, all indigenous writing staff and directing staff, and I think most of the acting too. Most of most of the acting, yeah. Yeah. Now it's worth mentioning, as you brought up earlier, it's not all american indigenous because and even taika is taika is indigenous but he's indigenous new zealand not indigenous american so just to draw that line but it it shows first of all because it has the credibility it has because of dealing with the indigenous experience they can make jokes that you've never heard before because Mm -hmm. uh and and you sort of get them but there's a way that you don't necessarily get them because you didn't live that but there are characters that appear in the show and they're incredibly irreverent with sort of the indigenous experience. And, yes. you know, like I could never say this out loud, but they right. can. And it's yep. hilarious when they do. And they play it fast and loose with basically they're, they don't have like a, a holy idea of what it means to be an indigenous in America. They're irreverent all around. But it, I feel like they have the credibility to do that. This show, though, it doesn't feel like a black exploitation show. Like, no, 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 no. Like yeah, something where, like, not. I shouldn't be laughing at this. This show has invited you into their experience. They've asked you to come along on this journey. So while there may be things that are unique to them, I feel like they have found a way to thread that needle of not separating the viewer from the story. And I think they've just done all of that really well. I think that's precisely it. I think it is. They don't make the whole story precious because it's dealing with indigenous issues. Um, And so it feels more real to me because some of it is lighthearted. Some of it is real. And because of not all the tragedy is based around indigenous issues, but some of it is like just the, the, the world they live in and all that stuff. Uh, and so it's, it's just a completely unique thing. And yet what they've done is they've taken issues i have no idea about i like i cannot relate to them at all and also put them in the context of like four friends growing up and you see like a thousand things that you're like that's that's what i did when i was growing up like it's it's very relatable even though it's it's talking about an experience that i have not had at all in my life so it's just so unique and and also educational for me uh, just in that way yeah now, this isn't a true story but still just the general mood of the show communicates to me i think and, and i'm this isn't too much of a spoiler but i just kind of want to scoop into that a little bit there's a you know one of the things that the kids are kind of struggling with the whole time is should i stay or should i go yes yeah, you yeah. know And I feel like trying to decipher what would be the courageous thing to do. Is it to get out, to get away Mm -hmm. or to stay with the people you love? It really is dealing with things that I've never known. I've never experienced. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's so layered and deep. You know what? Like you're talking and I think what just popped in my head is like, (laughs) the reason I love this show is because this is what art is supposed to do. Yeah. 
most of the time you're watching a show, you don't run into this sort of thing. Not every show is run by artists. And I think this one, this is the most pretentious thing, (laughs) but not, but this one is run by artists. This one really is. Yeah. They're doing what art was meant to do, which is, you know, in my whatever idealist world, that's very fun to watch. Yeah. Okay, in our final segment, Brandon and I like to recommend something to each other that we know the other person hasn't seen, and I'm going to let Brandon go first this week. Brandon, what should I see? Well, my show that I'm pitching is Bosch, which aired on Amazon Prime. It wrapped up its final season this past year, and it he's a detective for Hollywood Homicide, and it is a a dark and gritty police show without being a procedural, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not your, it's not your law and orders or your blue bloods or like th- this is for the person who loves one story over the course of a season, but loves the dark and gritty, loves the intensity pumped up. This embodies that model. Interesting. I feel like I, <clears throat> I mean, it's not the first time I've heard the name of that show, but I knew hardly anything about it at all. So that's, yeah, I'll check it out. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, my recommendation this week is Get Back. It's on Disney Plus is where you can find it. It is the Beatles footage that's uh, based on an album, their last album they recorded. Um, They released a movie, but then Peter Jackson came back, obviously, way later and made a deal with Apple, their record company, to Mm -hmm. take all that foot, all the extra footage. And he turned that into this Get Back. So it's I think it's maybe nine hours of footage. Wow. Um, but it's most of the stuff that wasn't in the movie. It was incredible. I I have been a Beatles fan in for a that, long time. Yeah, for a long time. But I'm a Beatles fan because I'm a musician and yeah. I really respect their musicianship. And now all of a sudden, it was just incredible to see this peek into their lives. But also, I sort of respected John Lennon as a songwriter. And now having watched this, I'm obsessed with John Lennon. Mm. Like I literally, having watched it, I'm like, John Lennon was the coolest guy that's ever lived. And and same in the same way, same thing with Paul McCartney. Mm. And then also just like, they just went up a level in my book, like, McCartney and Lennon are the best song songwriting duo of all time. But the thing about this, this show is you see the process, you see how they work together. You see the, at times it's almost annoying because they'll go off and they're just making noises for 15 minutes. They're just kind of like going in circles and making noises and playing the same riff and kind of just gobbledygook coming out of their mouths. And then all of a sudden something emerges and in this in this you you see people standing around talking and in the background you hear paul mccartney writing let it be the first time he's written (sighs) let it be it's incredible it's an incredible glimpse into that i'm trying to basically say i guess that like i really respected the beatles music but i was never a hyper fan and now i'm like it's just this thing somebody pulled out of somewhere and I'm like, I actually got to meet the Beatles. It's, it's incredible. Mm, and yeah. now I, I respect them way more. It was, it's very good. And so yeah, Disney plus worth checking out. You are probably not going to sit down and just watch it because there's only three episodes and they're like over two hours each. And sometimes they're just long because it's, it's basically 21 days and it's seven days at a time wow. in three hour segments. Um, oh, so this so, is, this is long. This is, yeah, this is long, long. Okay. It's like nothing you've seen. And it's it's just the footage. There's nobody there's sometimes words pop up on the screen and tell you what's going on, but it's it's not nobody's narrating it. It's not like a documentary. It's just wow. the footage from there. They had set up cameras 
Oh, and by the way, you're literally going through this. It ends with the last performance they ever did together. They didn't know it at the time, but this 21 days leads up to their last live performance ever. And you literally watch them like fighting. And it's not that they didn't hate each other. They loved each other. It was awesome. Like, but also they were fighting about the same things I would fight with somebody I was in a band with for that long. You know, it's, it's not no big deal. And you start to see them getting the ideas in their head. Like maybe I should go off on my own. Just all the stuff is being born right in front of you. It's really crazy. And now knowing it, like knowing everything that happened at this point, it's amazing to be able to watch wow. because yeah. It's it's very interesting. So when I saw that you were recommending this one, I I went and watched the trailer, and it looks insane. I mean, it really does. I mean, the it, it and so okay. So w- one thing I did think I thought it was curated by Peter Jackson. I thought he was creating like an experience with this, and you're saying it's just the footage. Like what he curated was honesty. I think okay. he was trying because also the movie is a tighter glimpse into this. They cut, you know, they cut out parts of it and put up the movie out. And basically people left the movie with the impression that like the Beatles hated each other. And that's why mm. they broke up because they showed some of the more fiery elements of these interactions. And I think part of Peter Jackson's hope was that he could show you the whole picture and have you understand that these guys still loved each other. They were still incredible together. And obviously it didn't work out in that way, but still like it was fake news. It was like, you yeah. know, like that story was not correct. And so let's show you a little bit more of the story. And also he made, made a ton of choices and it was like 60 hours of footage that he went through. So, and now it's down to nine. So he made some cuts, but it's not, it's not curated in a way like he's trying to tell a story. I think, I think he's trying to, I suppose that's what propaganda always says, but I think he's trying to be truthful. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of the harmful beetle propaganda. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, Yeah. yeah, it's, it's incredible. Okay, good fi- real quick. Good find. Good find. Real quick. Quick hits. Quick, quick hits. Quick hits. What are you like what are you watching right now, Brandon? So, I started Vikings Valhalla. It's a sequel to the original Viking series. Insane. I'm only an episode in. Oh, it's wow. it's awesome. This takes place, you know, I think like a like literally like 100 years later or something. It's something crazy amount of time later. Hmm. Yeah, really really good. Uh Rutherford Falls, which stars Dagon it. Do your homework, Brandon. That's is that Mike Schur's new show? I'm not sure. The you guy mean the, from Parks and Recreation. It stars Ed Helms. Does it, it stars star- Ed Helms? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mike Schur was the showrunner of Parks and Rec, and he was he wrote on The Office. He was the showrunner and creator of Parks and Rec, and the showrunner and creator of The Good Place. Okay, yes, this is his. Yes, this is his yeah. new show, and okay, Ed yeah. Helms is is starring in it. Halfway through, I was like, No, I'm not watching this. Oh, and interesting. Fin- finish the episode. I'm only an episode in. Finish the episode. I'm like. Okay. Okay. I can keep watching this. Not a oh, sitcom, wow. not a sitcom guy, but yeah. uh, it was really funny. It's yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to finish this one out. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. I was interested in how that was going. Okay. Here's my quick hits. <laughs> Number one, I ran across obviously on Netflix, you see the hot 100 or, you know, whatever. Here's yeah. what's trending on Netflix. One of those things was inventing Anna. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to say about it. I watched the whole thing. Julia Garner, uh, Julia Garner. That's, that's what I'm going to say about it. She is unbelievable. Boom. Yeah. Unbelievable in it. And also having come from Ozark, we mentioned her. We, I believe we mentioned her in Ozark um, and how good she is. She's Uh, like just a a little. (laughs) Yeah. She's a completely different person, but unbelievable at it. Like 
I had no idea she was that good. Because, I mean, she could have just been that sort of person in Ozark. But yeah. the transformation she makes, unbelievable. Now, the thing is, it's a crazy story, and it's partially true, which I really sort of hate. Like, oh, this story is mostly true except for all the stuff we wrote around it. It's like, well. <laughs> Making it not true at all. Yeah, what am I supposed to believe about this? Anyway, it's a crazy story. Uh, it's yeah. sort of entertaining. Uh, and it's, but I, I don't know if I'd recommend it. It's just Julie Garner's incredible. And I wanted to tell you that you recommended Meat Eater at one point, and mm. I've watched a ton of that, and I do enjoy it. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's, ve- it's very casual. Yeah. Um, it's not a deep watch, no, but it's, it's sort all. of fun to have on in the background. Yeah. And then my, my last, my final quick hit is um, that Warrior, the movie Warrior, is, on, is streaming on Netflix. And the movie is incredible. It's worth checking out. And I have found it difficult to find that movie at different yeah. times over the last like five years. This is the, or so. the Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, yes. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. Number one, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. It's, it's incredible. It's so good. It is yeah. so good. But then also, it's just worth noting it's out there because I've literally had times where I've like, I'd, I'm in the mood to watch Warrior and I'll try and yep. look for it and I can't find it anymore. You gotta so it. It, yeah, it's on Netflix right now. Go watch that one. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for chatting, man. Yeah. It, <laughs> you want a formal wrap up or something? No. No. Okay. episode and you haven't already please take a minute to rate and review our podcast we would really appreciate it also hit that subscribe button so you are notified the minute we release new content lastly the good show facebook group is up and running we would love to chat with you and hear your opinions on our episodes again thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time